Chapter 31 The Dreamkeeper I woke up to the sound of Haruki smacking his lip. It's sweet, he said. Everything tastes sweet. Why does everything taste sweet? Triple cleftedly teethful and sticking out his tongue, Haruki looked to be blowing some very strange kisses. I'm serious. I even feel sweet, like I'm made of sugar. That's cause you are, boo. Sammy gave a quick slap to his boyfriend's butt. My little sugar plum, my scoop of rice pudding. No, I mean it. Haruki picked at the scratch on his arm. I think it's infected. Let me see. Sammy took a look. Only a scratch, that's it. No pinkness around the edges. No sign of infection. You're sweating over nothing, baby boy. Come here. Let me sample some of that sweetness. Sammy leaned in and gave Haruki a kiss, swiping his tongue like a quick swab across the gums. His eyebrows lifted. Damn, Rookie, you taste like a blow pop. I told you. Sammy to Yolandi, you sure this thing is just a cut? Again, yes, that's all he got. Not entirely convinced, Sammy left it there. We continued to break camp. Rolling up his sleeping bag, I love blow pops, said Dell. My dad would never get me any, though. He said only sissies suck on sweet things. Bag strapped in, he tossed the pack over his shoulder. I don't care, though. I love them. Then, straightening his toe necklace, he turned to Sammy. Do we have any? No, dude. We don't. The term sunrise would paint far too grandiose a picture. The dawn came more in fashion with someone switching on a closet light. A 40-watt sun shorted out behind fog and thick clouds. Only minutes into our hike, the rain returned. Just a drizzle at first, but set in, the kind you know isn't going anywhere. Miri's skittle makeup was a lost cause. With sharp mountains to our right and a steep decline to our left, both disappearing quickly into fog, our path was banistered by lack of option. Thirty cloudy feet parenthesized the radius of visibility we moved inside of, shrinking the immensity of the landscape to a gloomy word bubble we scribed with the depressed stuffing of our thoughts. Every step seemed same as the last. It reminded me of old cartoons, Ones where the background keeps repeating behind whatever character is in motion. Until they fall off a cliff. I glanced down into the foggy descent and pondered life imitating art. Sammy pulled me back in. Do we even know where we're going? He asked. A great question. Astoundingly belated. Too apparent, and of course. To the Ascension Temple, Yolandi said. Right, and this is the way? And you know that because you've been there before, yes? In the same obvious tone, no. Hold up, 
Sammy stopped walking. We all did. You're saying what? That you don't even know if this place exists? How are we just now having this conversation? Are you serious? It exists, and this is the way. Yolandi's words read more fortune than fact. And you've come to this conclusion how? Because we must get there, and this is the only way. That is not sound logic. Then, addressing the rest of us, I'm not by myself on this, correct? Y'all are hearing this? The rain was coming down hard. Standing there soaked and sad-looking, our collective silence answered Sammy's question. Yes, correct. Still, a question more fundamental remained. What choice do we have? In illustration of the obvious answer, Yolandi retired the debate and continued walking. We fell in line, Sammy last, staying put to rebel for a moment. Heavy sighs and WTFs. No one cared. Come on, Haruki called. And once again, we were on our way. The rain turned serious. Lightning diffused and baby blue crackles through the mist, seeming to come from everywhere at once. Thunder groaned like the mountain clearing its throat, loosening little rocks that got spit down at sharp angles. Size of deformed ping-pongs, one square hit could have dented any of our skulls in just the wrong way. Very perilous. There was nowhere to go, no cover. Many more wet minutes, and Dell spotted something. Hark! He lowered to one knee, motioning for us to be still, be quiet. Resewn goggle strap, good as new, Dell squinted through the lens. Nothing there. Just the same cottony foreground of the last few hours. Do you see that? Do any of you see that? Blah. Brad went cheek to cheek with Dell. Blah. Is it moving? I don't think it's moving. Blah. Dell picked up a small rock and tossed it into the fog. I still couldn't see what they were talking about. He threw another. I don't think it's moving. Then, standing and addressing the rest of us, I don't think it's alive. Come on. Not two more steps, and I saw. At first, just a shadow in the fog, a strange shape hinting no immediate reference. A thick bulk composed the majority, with a tangled mass spiraling from its top. We approached slowly. More thunder, more lightning, fog swimming in ribbons between sheets of rain. Ominous ambiance. Closer. A hot pop of lightning singed the shadows back, and there it was, the animal from my dream. Tentacles stretched into a frozen gnarl from the elephant's carved face. The statue was massive, its finish flawless, as if carved only yesterday. Huge emerald inlays, honeycomb cut and big as fists, the beast's eyes twinkled with each lightning strike. This animal had not left a favorable impression when first we met, and I wasn't excited by the idea of a reunion. I decided to keep our acquaintance to myself. Creepy, 
Sia touched its leg, taking in the texture. It's like silk. She ran her fingertip along a lower tentacle. What is this thing? The Dream Keeper. Yolandi's voice came reverential. Dell's too. Wow. Dell gave a rub to Biclops's toe. Cut from the same stone, perhaps. I've read about him. He messes with people's minds. Some seriously dark stuff. Yes, quite. I could still see Are's heart. The blood on Miri's wrist. Is it real? Does such an animal exist? What a specimen. The taxonomist in Haruki was curious. I don't know, answered Yolandi. It's possible. And yes, at this point, anything was. Blah! Brad strayed a bit. Blah! A few trots removed, he'd made a discovery. A soaking wet goat was calling our attention to a cave entrance, which, after a skeptical exchange of looks, we all agreed, was not there a moment ago. But shelter is shelter, and this rain was becoming too much. As we passed beneath the Dream Keeper, lightning lit the world and laid its tentacles upon us like a net of twisted shadow. I had a very bad feeling about this. Haruki led, took a step into the cave, inspected. It's dry, he said. Good news. He sniffed the air. It smells sweet. Highly subjective. He took another step inside. And it's dark. It's very, very dark.